Hello and welcome to the Kingdom of Honor. I am uh, Jeff. Yes. Zanman Shane Sabunia, and uh, we are coming live on YouTube and Spreaker. And if you are listening to us on YouTube, go ahead and hit that uh, like button, hit the subscribe button, and ring the notification bell so you can get all of our content. And as always, I'm going to Shane here because I'm sure he has thoughts on last night. Thoughts? When do I ever have thoughts? As you as you guys know, our regular don't usually cover the you know whatever the hell is it you want you want to call it. But the Royal Rumble is special. It's special because uh, it's usually the greatest year for the WWE. And, of course, it was the, the show. It's the paper. At the time, we were basically adults and up until uh, And, uh, you know, Ryan likes to ask, you know, what Rumble. And, I, and I've said the 2008 reasons, and those personal reasons are, I was a couple of days after I passed away. And, and I watched goddamn John Cena ruin the damn thing. I know a lot of people loved that moment. Um last night I thought was a great rendition of the Royal Rumble the, the matches themselves I mean yeah there was matches that Jeff and I weren't interested in um, I think that the uh, from the reaction that, that Jeff and I have seen on the internet today that the Beast I'm sorry the Fiend versus Daniel Bryan match has been completely overrated uh, I thought both the women's Royal Rumble especially and then the men's Royal Rumble were very very good. so um and, you know, my, my buddy J- James started off, I guess, before I, p- I pitch it back to Jeff, um, asked me how I feel about the result of the Royal Rumble, which was, men's Royal Rumble, that is, with uh, McIntyre taking it. And, and my reaction to him, and I'll say it, was, I like it for now, but it all depends on the follow-up. You know, I mean, Drew McIntyre facing Brock Lesnar is a match that kind of has me excited for, to see WrestleMania. But if McIntyre loses... Then I'm going to say it was a complete waste of time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if he loses this match after all this buildup, they have a chance to create a new star. You know, they did that with um, Roman Reigns. They've done that with other people throughout time. Now is a chance to create a brand new star again. I mean, yeah, they flopped on some stars. Like Sheamus didn't really. He stuck around, had some they wanted. Same thing with Alberto Del Rio after he won his. But Benoit winning, uh, Mysterio winning. You know, the Rumble has been. Really, unfortunately, it's become predictable because it's whoever their hottest guy is is who they have win the Rumble. But in years past, and I feel like this year is the first year in a long time that they're using the Rumble for what it's supposed to be used for and that's creating a new star yeah absolutely i mean and drew, drew mcintyre isn't a new guy by any stretch of the imagination but you know he was a guy that you know this man once once said was gonna be the uh famously and then got and then got his ass fired <laughs> and uh but, th- but then you know he branched out to other organizations you know he became the um uh wet culture world champion he became the Ring of Honor, no, sorry, the Ring of Honor, but the Impact World Champion. And, you know, now he's back in WWE and has been tearing it up. When, you know, when he was the NXT Champion, tore it up for the, like, the last year and a half on the main roster. And now it feels like it's the, you know, Jeff and I both kind of thought it was time last year for him to win the Royal Rumble. Um, and now for him to do it this year, it's pretty awesome. And then the steer down with Lesnar, you know, being the guy to eliminate Lesnar, being the only, being the second, having the second most eliminations in the Rumble behind Lesnar. You know, I think this is the time for McIntyre. And and I think you know they they need to they need to keep that momentum going, and he needs to go over Lesnar at WrestleMania. Otherwise, you know you know what you know people are going to say 
that, you know, a close loss to Lesnar means a lot too. Not in this situation. Not when not when Lesnar is hasn't built up to this point and you got a chance to crown a guy at WrestleMania Kofi last year, like you did Seth last year. You know, it, this is this is the time WrestleMania is is the stage to Quick Star. Yeah, it is. And uh, they they've done it in the past and I just said that, you know, just now and I'll I'll say it again, you know, this is the time of year to create superstars for the future. You know, they've done it. They this made Seth Rollins four years ago when he, uh, after he won the money in the bank and then stomped, um, Roman Reigns to win the title, uh, at WrestleMania. You know, he won and went on to beat Brock at WrestleMania. He, you know, Roman Reigns, they pushed him down our throat, but really it was him winning the rumble and then winning at WrestleMania that put him over the top and so many other people throughout time. Cena was another one winning the rumble. Austin want to go back that far. Steve Austin winning his first rumble was what really skyrocketed him into a superstardom as well. This is when Michaels is another one, um, you know, and you can keep going back and throughout. And that's when, when the superstars are made is this time of year. But the um, the fact that people overrated certain matches is just disheartening to me. I thought the Fiend Daniel Bryan match was good, um, probably a little bit better than average. But the stipulation, the fact that you had two incredible pure wrestlers in the ring and they weren't allowed to be pure wrestlers, I think hurt the match. It's um, I'm never a big fan of gimmick matches when you've got two guys like that of that talent in the ring. But it is it is what it is there. I I, I think two matches were the best um, part of the show, both of them. I thought the women's match had a lot of drama, um, regardless of what people say. And I thought the men's match was perfectly well done because I don't think Drew's win would have meant as much had it not been for the way that Lesnar started off that match. And the fact that Drew was the one that that uh, eliminated him. Yeah, I agree. You know, Lesnar was a complete was a complete uh, force of nature. The first half of that match, you know, he got you know he eliminated. He was starter number one, two through fourteen, and then the fifteenth guy was Ricochet. And and as he was trying to deal with Ricochet, here out comes McIntyre. I have tar- I have a tough time not calling him Galloway, <laughs> McIntyre. And then uh, right. And then uh, you know when Rick, you know Ricochet with the kick to the nuts and McIntyre with a kick to the face and out goes Lesnar. I, I was just kind of amazed at, Le- at Lesnar's reaction to the whole thing. You know, it, you know he, uh, he 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 kind of like recovered and then he kind of kind of was looking daggers at McIntyre, but he just, he just kind of walked away and we and uh, and really I mean I, I said to Jeff I said maybe he will get a sports elimination because I was kind of expecting Lesnar to storm and throw Galloway or McIntyre out. You know, but that, that didn't you know, happen, and I, and I kind of love the fact that it did happen. There were a couple of years ago. Um, I think it was the... the was the champion. He had to win the Rumble to retain his championship. Um, you know, when that happened, Lesnar got taken out and just kind of humbly walked away as well. Um, I don't know why they do that, who's supposed to be this unstoppable beast, but I think in this situation, it kind of played up more to giving Galloway the rub than it did to making Lesnar look weak, 
by any stretch. Oh yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, Lesnar had already been through a through a you know a war at this point when when he got eliminated by the it was the Wyatt family, wasn't it? At that WrestleMania you're talking about, and I uh, believe you know, so. Yeah, it was the Wyatt family because we had thought at the time it was setting up for Lesnar versus Wyatt at the at the Rumble. Um, oh, that's right. It ended up being Lesnar and Ambrose. Right, and um, and yeah, I mean at that time that time it felt it felt completely out of character for Lesnar. Here, I think it was more like. Like I calculated a thing, like yeah, I got my I got my ass kicked. I've I've already been through 25 minutes of war. That that's a big tough dude. I'm just gonna walk away and I'll come to fight another day. Well, his actions there actually sold um, McIntyre as being a threat more than you know anybody else has been in the last four or five years. I mean, Strowman was always that big, huge guy, but Lesnar never acted afraid of him. Same thing with Joe. Joe was another guy that really could have pushed Lesnar and probably should have won the belt from Lesnar, but Brock never backed down. This is a guy that he backed down to. Well, if you think about it, there was actually one other guy he been in the Rumble. Do you remember that? I Not off the top of my head. The brand new North American champion, Keith Lee. That's right, he did. Actually, after he called him a uh, fat boy or big boy 345 times. Right, but then when he kind of looked at him, he was like, oh, you're the same size as me. And then when Lee hit him with a couple of chops, Lesnar kind of had that look on his face like, uh-oh, what the hell did I get myself into? Right. Yeah, that is true. He did do that. So, but yeah, I mean, I thought, I, thought the, I thought the men's rumble was probably better than, I mean, that, that first 14, 13 eliminations, and I don't care what anyone says, the greatest Royal Rumble does not count. First of all, 50 guys. Secondly, it wasn't in January. It's not the Royal Rumble. Brock Lesnar now holds a Royal Rumble uh, eliminations record with 13. And the fact that he, um, that he ran through everybody the way that he did and then got caught with the low blow and the, um, and the Claymore and then literally cowered to McIntyre was the end of, uh, you know, the kind of the end of that run, which was a good opening to the Rumble match, something we've never before. And then to have, it kind of fill up and play out the way that it did the rest. I don't want to say that it made McIntyre look because it didn't by any stretch, but it, it definitely gave us everything that we wanted out of the Royal rumble from that point forward. I hear a couple of things. One thought that I had on Kofi Kingston is I'm so glad they didn't do that. Um, stupid save thing that he always does every single year where he, staves off elimination by somebody catching him or him landing on something that's sitting on the floor or whatever. Uh, I didn't do that this year. And I also uh, heard that the reason why AJ Styles, because we both caught on it, when AJ got eliminated, that it seemed a little bit awkward that he was thrown out as quickly as he was. And it sounds like he'd gotten hurt. And that was uh, audible they made on the fly, was to get him out of there because he, he got in during the match. Okay. But I know you both you both you and I commented on how odd that looked. How odd it looked, and, and then it was it was weird that it happened so quickly. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of AJ getting eliminated, let's talk about the guy that eliminated him, because you know, <laughs> there have been rumors for weeks he had been denying it, and we saw Adam Copeland Edge back in a WWE ring actually wrestling a match for the first time in nearly nine years and he looked in phenomenal shape jeff i mean bigger and stronger than we'd ever seen him 
Oh yeah, and, and, and him still moved crisply, and he he looked like he had not missed a step. He was just on it. Well, I guess the spear that he hit AJ with is what caused the audible. Oh. When a, when AJ after he hit the spear, when AJ was laying on the on the mat, he called out to the um an, officials, and they they made the call to get him eliminated. Well, so it 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 was um, uh, Edge was going to you know do their normal faking the elimination thing. He just went out uh, at it when he wasn't supposed to. That's why it looked like he got dropped because okay. he literally it was. It, it, I don't even think Edge really knew it was supposed to happen. I think it just kind of happened. But Edge looked just phenomenal. This entire match, he looked amazing, uh, and the fact that he was one of the final four, the fact that he, uh, you know, caught sneaky Randy Orton trying to argue him, uh, the fact that he, just the, when he first came out and walked on that stage, just the you could see his eyes swelling up. He was he looked like he was proud of himself, overtaken by the most everything. Nice to know that now he. I, I have this feeling that he's going to be in a program with Seth Rollins at WrestleMania, which will be a good match. Um, it might, you know. I just, I'm so happy that Edge got back. That came back after the way things ended for him. Well, you know, neither one of us is is big on, you know, turning. You know, we're we're not big on, um, on basically like the old timer brigade coming out. But Edge is a bit different. You know, Edge is like. Um, Shambles, you know, where he was, or Daniel Bryan, where he had his career basically stolen from him due to injury, mm-hmm. and, you, you know, and and he would still be, you know, he, he would still be wrestling today, and would probably be probably have been a big star for several more years if he hadn't gotten injured. Um, you know, it, it's you know we've talked about this before. You know, we don't mind coming back in these kind of situations, especially when you know they don't have the mileage on them. That they would have when they when they if they had kept wrestling the way that they had you know I mean it's it's not necessarily the all the time it's the mileage on people and Edge you know like I said he looked incredibly fresh you know he hasn't wrestled in nine years um, if he's back just for a season great if he's back long term great you know I mean I think that I, I when this comes back from a major neck injury like that and was told they can't wrestle and then kind of does come back it's a little scary but. You know, if he's comfortable wrestling, WWE's comfortable wrestling. Obviously, they're not comfortable with him wrestling. You know, then more power to him. I hope. I hope he, you know, kicks ass in there. Well, I mean, when Sean came back, it was his back had out, and you know, he took what four years off back. He was not the same guy for a good couple of years. Mm-hmm. Daniel Bryan, um, when he came back, granted his his break was about three years. But he came back. It took him a while to get back. Um, but when he finally got back in, he's. I don't. Did Sean ever make it to that upper echelon again? Yeah, I mean, he was basically the you know the upper mid card for WWE for a, for a long time. You know, and he had those straight matches against under um, you know the retirement match against Ric Flair. He had a couple good ones against Triple H. He won the title again. Against Jericho too. Oh yeah, that that was probably. The best he had um, on the belt, I think, too, didn't he? At Elimination Chamber, one of those yeah, years. Yeah, yeah, the very first Elimination Chamber, he won. He wanted uh, in, uh, and then he lost it to, to Triple H back in like a one of your favorite types of matches, the Three Sages of Hell. Yeah, oh, yay. Um, <laughs> you know, so <laughs> I don't know. I it, I hope I don't know if uh, Edge will make it back to that echelon. I mean, it has been nine years. He's not. He's nine years older than he was. He was at the top of. He was probably the face of the WWE at the time he got injured. It was him and Cena 
him, Cena, and Orton, I guess, were the were the top three at the time. And he, uh, you know, he had to leave and came back, and he looks great. He looks in phenomenal shape. He looks like the old Edge that that we used to see. Um, I don't know that he'll get that push to the top of the card again, but just to see him back in the ring, even if it is only through WrestleMania, is phenomenal. To see a guy of that talent come back and be able to make any kind of run after the injury he had, it's just it's an amazing story and one I'm really happy for. It really is. I mean, even if it's just one night, it's awesome that he was back. So. Well, he's on. He's taking off tonight, from what I understand. So He's what? He's uh, being introduced back to the Raw audience tonight. Oh, awesome. Um, the other thing I was going to say is, you know, Michael Cole kept saying throughout the first, like, 25, 30 minutes of the Royal Rumble match, the men's Royal Rumble match, that he doesn't want to hear anybody saying how Brock Lesnar is a part-time champion anymore, and, you know, he doesn't show up very often because he was in there for that 25-minute Royal Rumble stretch. Dude, what? it does not negate not being around for most of the year. It does not negate showing up for five or six matches a year just because you were just because you were there and you put in a great performance at the royal rumble you know he, you he, know, he is still in my opinion a paper champion and has been for years because he isn't around you know um i you know you and i have t- talked before how we how you know we preferred it in the days where like hulk hogan and randy savage and bret hart were the champions and you know, there was only the Saturday's main events where the title was defended or the pay-per-views of the title was defended. And so, yeah, it'd be great if that was still the case nowadays and Lesnar would be fine only showing up here and there if that were the case. But considering the fact that, you know, now the Raw and SmackDown brands have become week-in, week-out superstar showcases, uh, the fact that your champion is never around really does hurt your brand. And, well, that and, and I, having, and I think, and I, and I think, you know, him holding the title so often in those situations and barely being around is a really shitty thing. And I, and I don't care that he put on a great performance at the Rumble last night that I enjoyed the hell out of, um, and negate the rest of the year when he's not around. Right, and I agree, and I was actually going to say that too. It's the fact that he um, showed up for one pay per view out of twelve. You know, he'll maybe, and then we won't see him again until WrestleMania, and then we won't see him again until maybe SummerSlam. He only shows up for three or four pay-per-views a year. And it's when that's four out of 12, when usually the title's defended at all 12 of them, it, it's a little bit it's a little bit iffy. Now, that being said, I, I like the fact that they do that. I just wish they would do that with everybody. You know, maybe let's go back to the four people, and they never will because money, you know, money is involved and and so on. But it'd be nice if they would go back to the four pay-per-view type of programs again and have a four-month build to one pay-per-view for the champion. Yeah, definitely. They never will, though. I mean, they never will, though. But, um, you know, and the rest of this card, like I said. The cool concept is to have, like, Say that you like every quarter you have like your champion, and you have like you have like each quarter, you know you have a race to be who the, who the champion is at the end of that quarter, and then and then like you have like a like a mini tournament at the end of the year to decide who the actual champion of the of the brand is, almost like a playoffs type situation at the end of the year. Uh, I'd have to think about it a little bit more. 
That's an <laughs> I, awesome idea. <laughs> I have to think about it a little bit more. Um, <laughs> and the women's match, and I thought and was see that you won two quarters out of the out of the four, then you then you would get like a bye through the first through the semifinal. What if you win all four quarters? Well, then. Well, that screws up the whole pay per view thing or the whole mini tournament, right? You're, you're, yeah, you can't. You there's a stipulation you can only win two quarters. Oh, okay. Don't and then you can't. Then if you if you you have to sit out the rest of the year if you only if you won the first two quarters. No, you just don't challenge. You just don't challenge for the championship. Oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> All right, these are things um, we thought about a little bit, but I think it'd be kind of a cool, cool system. Yeah, we we might need to flesh that out a little bit more. Or what you, anyway, what you um, do is have like is have like a big tournament in the middle of the year where the winner that gets gets a title shot at the biggest stage. So, so basically, we're going to AEW this and just have tournaments all the time, mini tournaments of four ways. <laughs> well, is that what we're going to do here? Nothing wrong with four ways. Yeah. Now, I don't mind the whole tournament idea, though. I, I, in fact, I like that idea a whole lot better. That's part of the reason why I'm such an NJPW fan is because of the tournament style. Um, so I don't mind that idea as much as you would think, but it, it's, I, I, I would have to think about it a lot more. Actually, speaking of that real quick, are you aware that the, that the G1 Climax is not taking place in the, in the uh, summer this year? What? Why not? Because of the Summer Olympics being in Japan this year, Ugh. so the G1 climax is going to be in October instead of in instead of in August. No, unacceptable. Unacceptable. We need that five month or four months to uh, have multiple championship or multiple briefcase contract, whatever. Cha- no, unacceptable. I know it's Summer Olympics, really isn't it? Yeah, maybe they should have done it in May. Unless the Super Juniors is in May. Yeah, but this Summer Olympics only is around for what six to twelve weeks, six weeks. Six to twelve weeks. That's a whole I don't know how many. How many weeks is it? It's only two, isn't it? No, it's longer than that. I feel like the I feel like the first week is like I feel like the first week is like swimming and stuff, and the second week is like track and field and stuff. No, I don't know. Maybe it is only two weeks. Oh, yeah, you're right. It is only 14 days. Yeah. That's where I got the 6 to 12. So where? why can't they just where bump it? Where did you get the 6 to 12? Why, why can't they just bump it by two weeks then? I don't know. Dumb. That is an excellent question. Really dumb. I agree. I suppose they probably have other... They probably have U.S. bookings and things like that, and they... It does make sense because don't they start having some other um, bigger shows coming right after that? Not usually. I mean, uh, World I Tag isn't World Tag League normally in October? No, well, November, December, I think. I don't know. I but got all my things that are really dumb. Goddamn, Charlotte <laughs> won the Women's Royal Rumble. Man, Shayna Baszler coming in looked like a beast, though. She got over quicker than anybody I've ever seen in that last four minutes of that Rumble match. Yeah, that was incredible. I just, I, just, I just really did not want Charlotte to win. I knew no, she was going I, to, but I mean, Charlotte winning is just Roman Reigns winning. It's not necessary. You know, Charlotte's right. already a huge star. She doesn't need a Royal Rumble victory to be built up. She doesn't need a WrestleMania title match to be built up. You know, it's just. 
it's just really sickening that she's going to be on that stage yet again in a big title shot, title match. Well, the thing, the thing that Cause, annoys cause me... Because there hasn't been a time that she hasn't been. You know, she was in that triple threat match at, you know, when, when they, they crowned the first ever women's champion. Um, she was in... Then she was against Asuka. And then last year she was in the... Um, that you know the main event, uh, the first ever female main event at WrestleMania, and she shouldn't have been in that one either. That should have been that should have just been Becky against Ronda Rousey. So now she right. once again gets a title shot when she shouldn't be in that spot yet again. It's it just I, it sucks so much. Well, I I think yeah, I think you're right, but I think that seeing now with Drew McIntyre winning, I I can't see them throwing Brock against Drew in the main event. So it's going to be Charlotte Becky in the main event. Maybe somehow, she, maybe somehow Shayna um, weasels her way into it, <clears throat> but I would have loved to have seen a one-on-one match between Shayna and Becky at WrestleMania. Yeah, you know, Shayna's recently said that you know she, you know, that there's been like rumors of her moving to SmackDown or Raw now that she's won the, uh, now that she's lost the NXT Women's Championship. But she said she's going to stick around and become Shayna three time. So nice. Um, yeah. Well, I, NXT, the Worlds Collide, proved to us that titles can move. So um, why don't we just open it up? If Shayna comes in, wins the uh, championship from Becky, she can bring it back to NXT. Why the hell not, dude? Rest of this card? <clears throat> uh, yeah. I mean, there were a few uh, funny moments in the women's match. Uh, Otis catching Mandy Rose was classic it was and then the other and then the other classic part of that was when she when he caught her again and then um sonny deville ended up landing on top of them and, and messing it up right tom phillips said oh man otis is just otis is just beside himself <laughs> and then Corey graves said he's beside a lot of people look at the size of him He's just beside. He's besides everybody. <laughs> but yeah, and then Sonya Deville caused that elimination because she first accidentally hit Mandy Rose into Otis's arms, and then while she was trying to um, apologize, she got thrown out onto the top of them. So that ended that whole night for them. But yeah, that was a classic line. And didn't Corey have another classic line during that? Or oh, it was during the Fiend Daniel Bryan match. Nope, it was during this one. Are you sure? I thought it was during the Fiend Daniel Bryan when he was saying that, because he was saying that uh, the Fiend was getting hit in the top of the face. No, it was that, it was Mia Yim. You know, it was like, okay. It was, you know, Tom Phillips said, Mia Yim got, just got hit in the top of the face, and then Corey Graves responded. It's called the forehead, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, Absolutely just a classic, amazing. classic line. Yeah. You know, and I, I, I that match had its ups and downs, but I thought that was probably the second best match on the night. Um, I would honestly say that I felt like Roman Reigns King Corbin would have been probably the third match of the night. Uh, it went a little bit long. The whole beat down in the middle with um, getting uh, Rude and Ziggler and the Usos involved went on uh, probably about three minutes too long. But that dive by Jimmy or was it Jimmy or Jay? I don't know. One of the Usos off the top of that scaffolding made up for it. And then, of course, we got our porta potty spot, which just was the best thing ever. 
I can never tell those two apart. So I, I said earlier that it was Jimmy, but it could it could easily have been Jay. I have no idea. You know which. One of them has a one of them has a bigger tattoo. That's the only way I can ever tell the two apart. And they were both dressed dressed up, so it was hard to hard to tell. I never even noticed that. But um, and the only reason I noticed it, I think, is because Jr. pointed it out one time. I think that's the only reason I, I've ever caught on that. But um, that match had its ups and downs. They It went 21 minutes. You know, we were trying to clock it. It was 21 minutes, so it was the longest match on the night other than Rumble. Uh, the only real drawback and the only part that I didn't like was the ending spot with the Superman punch and the spear on top of the dugout. It just looked clumsy, looked awkward. It didn't look like it belonged. Yeah, I totally agree. You know that you and I talked about it earlier today, but I that I thought you know, I I like the idea of it. I mean, I, I think that I think they probably looked, looked at it and like, hey, you know, it'd be cool. And you know, you and I even talked about it. Like, you know, it's it's cool to see them interacting with the dugout because you know there's there's so many stadiums out there that are just baseball only. At least the WWE goes to. So to see them have the dugouts out there and interacting on top of the dugout was really awesome. So I think the concept of it is really cool. But it's just in the execution, it ended up being that, you know. Um, Corbin landing on that uh, on that dugout just it looked like it, it felt like there was no impact to it there was there was hardly any sound to it it just didn't feel as big time as it probably you know should have well in the fact that so, so I'm not um, fault them for trying it because I, I think it was a I think it was a cool idea it's just that it didn't work out to be as good as it as good as it seemed like it would have been the the problem I had with it too was the um, Roman mistimed his steps, so he had to kind of jump over the whatever was in the middle, the the ro- the cords or whatever, before he could actually hit the spear. I think that kind of hurt it a little bit too, so it didn't look it looked more awkward than anything. But it it could have been it could have been a great moment, it just really fell sh- short. Yeah, and that's okay. I mean, I mean, you know, sometimes sometimes you aim for the stars and you just miss them. That's not, not a big deal. The only other comment I had on this was Andrade and Humberto. And we talked about it while it was happening. It was It's just weird to see somebody who is considered a super high flyer only really do two high-flying moves. You know, a moonsault and a, what was it, a Hurricane Rana? I believe so, yeah. It, it was just, it was awkward seeing, that. it seemed like they were in slow motion. It just... We're watching this going. It, you can really tell the difference between what AEW is doing in their matches, what NJPW does in their matches, as opposed to what WWE does in theirs. Because the high flying, go ahead. Because the high flying spots just don't seem to connect as well. Right. I mean, there, this wasn't a bad match by any means. But I mean, no. but. It did feel flat because we're used to seeing, you and I at least are used to seeing guys like, well, for instance, we you know we we just just uh, what two weeks three weeks ago now we saw Takahashi and Will Osprey in an amazing athletic display where they were flying over the damn place. Right. Even the night before at Worlds Collide, we had a cruiserweight Fatal Four Way where they were flying all over the place. Exactly. But here, but here at the Royal Rumble, you know. It, yeah, I, and I and I I mentioned this last night is I think that you know the reason for it is simply that you know these guys are face are off for a heavyweight 
technically a heavyweight belt in the in the United States Championship. So I think WWE just doesn't want those guys. Well, they want those guys to tone it down. They don't want to. They don't want their showing their athleticism flying over the place when they're in that kind of a spot. I mean, you know, you talked about Umberto, but Andrade even was you know two years ago against Gargano on the Takeover stage right before the Royal Bowl had a five star classic with him, and part of that was him flying around all over the place. But he wasn't allowed. Right. He wasn't allowed to do that last night. Yeah, and it just it. To me, it fell flat, and I don't. You can say what you want about Humberto really not getting over with the crowd. He's kind of that vanilla baby face who's really just starting in the business. Um, but he uh, he just didn't seem they they just didn't seem to have the energy that I would have thought they would. Like, he's, like we talked about how it seemed like it was in slow motion. It just there was not as much high flying as you know I would have hoped for. It just wasn't I, I don't know it just lacked a lot to me yeah i also want to i also want to comment on on uh you, you had mentioned to me that you had seen comments that you know the the women's royal rumble wasn't as good because it was so predictable to right. me the, to me the women's royal rumble was the best match on the card and a lot of it was because i did because i had no idea what was going to happen i mean if you want to say it was predictable fine but but that means you, but that probably means that either you read spoilers so you knew charlotte was going to win or you only watch the second half of that match because the first half of that match was completely owned by Bianca Belair and Alexa Bliss. Right. So, so I, so you know, Jeff was even sitting there going, "Oh, come on! Don't tell me that they're going to let Bianca Belair win this thing." I mean, he was literally uh, in fear of that happening. So. I, I really was, especially after Alexa got eliminated. Right. So, I'm just, I'm not a fan of hers at all. Yeah. So I, so I think you know, watching it. As a you know, as a true fan who had not read any of the spoilers or anything, um, I don't think there's any way you could say that the match, that match was predictable. I thought it was, um, I thought it was balls to the wall. I thought everybody had a great showing in there that was in that that was in that match, um, except for fucking Santino, and even he was goddamn funny. Um, right, <laughs> Cobra himself. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. Honestly. Jeff's like, Jeff was like, you called it, you asshole, because I didn't mention it last week on the show. We were talking about who was going to be the surprise. You said Santina. <laughs> I did. Oh, you ass. But the way he co- the way he found himself in a really, um, uh, you know, bad position between Beth and uh, and Natalia, and he just turned around and cobered himself and threw himself over. I thought that was that was just fun. She. It. <laughs> But yeah, you're right. Was, I yeah, mean, it was a lot of fun. I agree. I did. I know you were thinking. I mean, you'd mentioned a few times. God damn it, they're gonna let they're gonna let Charlotte win this. They're gonna let Charlotte win this. And I kept saying, I don't, I don't know. It wasn't until Charlotte came, or until um, Shayna came out and threw Charlotte into the ring. That's when I was like, oh shit, Charlotte's gonna win this. Because that's just a classic wrestling wwe style thing is all oh, the person that's been laying out on the ring or you know out on the on the side of the ring for the last 10 minutes is going to be the one to come in and make the because everyone's going to forget about them and uh, Shayna did a good job of suspending a little disbelief to where i actually thought there for quite a while that she was going to pull it off but you know it was at that moment was when i realized that charlotte was going to win it yeah that was that was very disappointing and, uh, you know, I, I say that as, you know, I, I've made no bones about it in the past that Shayna Baszler is my favorite female wrestler, not just now, 
of all time. So, you know, I was really pulling for her to win the damn thing. Um, but, you know, the other part of it is that, sh is that Charlotte is probably my least favorite women's wrestler of all time. And so right. for her to win it over Baszler and eliminate Baszler last, you know, don't get me wrong. It's a great moment for Shayna. She'll have plenty of time in the future to, to win one of these things. She'll have, I'm, sure, I'm sure that she'll win a event at WrestleMania at some point herself. I, ju I just thought it sucked in this spot to give it to Charlotte when, you know, Charlotte is one of those is one of those that, you know, could always be a credible challenger for that championship. Nobody would ever blink an eye her getting that spot. And I think it sucks when they give somebody like that a, a, a win on a stage like this. And that's why I'm so happy they did what they did with Drew, because everybody thought it was going to be Roman Reigns again. Uh, and the fact that it wasn't and they went with a, the, the new guy really, really was the right call. I had even I had even said to you earlier tonight. I said I, I think it was like when, right when I was starting. I said they're going to give they're going to give this to Roman, aren't they? And you said no. Yeah. I think they're going to give it to a new guy. You you actually thought they were going to give it to John Morrison, but you did have I think you did have. Uh, didn't you say you did like a top six and you had McIntyre like fourth or something in that top six? Yeah, I did. I mean, I picked six people that I thought could win it, and McIntyre was in there. Lesnar I had in there just because I was hoping they would pull that trigger. Uh, I had. Um, uh, John Morrison in there just because of the way they've been treating him since he came back. I thought it would have been kind of a fun little story to tell. I had AJ was one of my picks, and I can't remember who the other two were. Right off the top of my head, I'd have to go back and look. But um, God, another one of my picks was I get someone that got eliminated by Brock, too. Two of my picks got eliminated by Brock, but Drew was one of them. So I, I'm glad that they went with the the upstart and and their crown and new star again. I am too, I, I, but you know I, I do have to also say that if they decide to do this again, I think they should have Lesnar go all the way through it and win the thing, and then and then the storyline should be like, well, you know, I I won the Rumble, I beat everybody that's out there, so I'm not defending my title at WrestleMania, and then you know being forced into it somehow. Yeah, I think that would have been a much more. I, I was it you that were. I can't remember if it was on TV or if it was you, but saying that, you know, he's done everything else. This is pretty much the last thing that he can do is to go through and win the rumble. Because did he has he ever won the Royal Rumble? Yeah, he did in uh, two thousand three. Oh, t was it? Okay, yeah, and he faced The Rock. Okay. No, no, he faced um, Kurt Angle. When did he face The Rock? I thought he faced The Rock after. In, was that O two? He faced The Rock at SummerSlam 2002. Okay. That's when he first won the championship. Was that was against The Rock? But he faced Angle. That was the, that was the famous spot where he missed the um, shooting star press. Oh, and landed on his neck. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All in all, though, it was a, 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 a not a good show. <laughs> I mean, let's face it. I. <laughs> I, we had two pretty decent rumble matches. That opening match with Reigns and Corbin was fun. Um, the Fiend Daniel Bryan match had some just sickening spots. Like when, how many times did Daniel Bryan kick him in the nuts? I think it was six or seven times. Yeah, I think so. And then stomped on his face and just. There was one spot where I, um, I, I remember saying to you, I'm like, did he just hit, whip him in the face with that leather belt? It, it was just. It, Bray Wyatt took a beating in that match. And that um, when he caught Daniel Bryan going for the running knee, caught him with the sister Abigail was a really cool spot too. Yeah, it was. Um, you know, I, 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 I disagree with you saying it wasn't a good show. 
it wasn't a great show, but I thought there was enough on there that it definitely was a good show. Yeah, and it's not my fault, or it's not their fault that I couldn't get into the Bailey Lacey Evans story, and I really could care less about Becky Lynch and Asuka. I I, I heard they had a great Asuka. match from Ahsoka. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, uh, I just I from the little bits I saw of that match, it was okay, and I'm sure it was probably really good. Uh, it's nice to know, though. Remember at the end when uh, Roman Reigns set up for that spear on Edge, and our internet went down here, and it, we had to restart. Yes. Uh, I, I logged on to Twitter shortly after that, and it seems like a lot of people's internet went down at the exact same spot. So that was a WWE thing, not an internet thing. Oh, okay. Because I had a lot of people, um, there were a lot of tweets showing that exact spot is going down. So doesn't surprise me. And I think I think even uh, Imp said his PlayStation went down during that spot too. No, it, his his went down during the uh, Fiend Bray Wyatt match, and he came back to watching Daniel Bryan kicking uh, Bray Wyatt in the nuts like six, seven times. So, speaking of speaking of the fiend, you know, I, I, I mentioned this to you last night. You know, and, and for those of you out there who don't follow the show regularly, um, you know, we're on YouTube now, so we're a little bit more exposed than we did. <laughs> we have a little bit more exposure, I should say, than we used to. Not that we're more exposed, but anyway, speak for yourself. You know, I I don't follow WWE regularly anymore, and I haven't in what Jeff a year and a half now, um, at least. And. Um, so I had not I had never really seen the Fiend character before. Um, I love it. I mean, I, I love the look of it. I should say. I mean, I I think that that freaky look that he has with the with the mask and the eyes and the pants and the shirt. I mean, the whole thing is just great. You know, I, I and I'm glad they finally figured out what to do with with Bray Wyatt after all these years. Well, I don't know if they had they had a gold mine with him in his Bray Wyatt character, and they just kind of dropped ball on it. They never let him be Bray Wyatt. That's what I mean. The creative never knew what to do with him. I'm not saying that Bray didn't know what his what to do with him or didn't know his character, but I think creative couldn't figure out what to do with, with that particular version of the character. Which is sad because it was such a great character. I agree. And I mean, I think what really hurt him, I think they came out strong. They had their uh, run with the shield. And then um, when they when they broke up the Wyatt family and sent Bray on his own, I think is what ruined that character. And he could never recover from it. No, he sure, he sure didn't, did he? No, and they couldn't recover from it. I don't think anybody that was involved with it really recovered. Harper's gone, Eric Rowan's carrying around some animal in a cage. Braun Strowman has been start-stop. Well, well, the res- well, the Strowman thing is just absolute mismanagement by the WWE creative. Well, yeah, I mean, you've got a monster like that that was over big time, and they punked him out to Lesnar four times. Yeah, like I said, absolute mismanagement. But and uh, I don't know, I don't have anything else to say about that one, about that show. But Worlds Collide, on the other hand, wow. Those were two really, really good matches in the middle of that show. <laughs> that cruiserweight match and the uh, and the, and the tag match. Yes, unbelievable. Both of them were. Yeah, I, I absolutely cr- love the storytelling in that in that in the character 
moments in that uh, tag match. You know, I mean, and then and then they and then they just kicked the shit out of each other as well. But you know, just, right. just um, everything going on in that match was just fabulous. I was a little disappointed that their meet in the middle was a couple of knee strikes, though. Isn't it normally a super kick by Johnny and a um, kind of a thrust kick by Champa? Yes, that was that was looked, a little bit odd, but you know what? I don't care. <laughs> No, I don't either. I I think my favorite part of that entire match was when uh, Champa was sitting on the on the ring apron. He did his little clap and his uh, patted his back, and then Johnny jumps up right next to him and they did the little clap again and patted each other, patted their backs. That might have been my favorite part of the whole match. Yeah, it was it was great because it was it was kind of like Johnny like buying into the whole thing, whole Champa thing, you know. Right. Yeah, and uh, also the chant of Daddy's home is still one of the best things I, that you, you look at all the great lines and, and how people uh, like triple H call has said that he's the whole damn game or he's the whole, he is the game in an interview and that stuck and he became the game. Austin three sixteen did his, you know, Austin three sixteen says, I just kicked your ass at the, in the middle of an interview. And that's what he became was Austin three sixteen. Um, I just, whooped, yeah, I just whooped your ass. And then uh, Champa just one interview goalie daddy's home and now he gets the daddy's home he's got the big daddy nickname he's got the daddy's home chant it's it's those are the kind of magical moments that you just like yeah i'm really hoping he they're supposed to announce this week on nxt who gets the um the title shot at takeover um portland and i'm really hoping it's champa that's three weeks that's only three weeks away right it is three weeks away and, oh, I don't know if I'm ready for that. <laughs> and you know, Chapa, it's, and you know, <coughs> was one saying that he was, you know, the, the, you know, the undisputed era was falling apart. It was time for it's time for the prophecy to end. And you know, we've already saw we already saw the cracks of it with Roderick Strong losing the North American Championship to, um, to Keith to uh, Baskin his glory, Keith Lee. And you know, I, I just think you know that you know this would be the perfect time for Chapa to to get those. To get those belts, and for hopefully, um, hopefully, grizzled, grizzled young veterans to get the tag straps. I'm hoping for um, the Broserweights to do it. Of course you are, you dick. Because <laughs> that that just is better. I love grizzled young veterans. Yeah, I do too. But I, I like Broserweight. Did you see that interview? Yeah, that was pretty funny. That Pete Dunn just wanted to be blunt, and Matt Riddle was going to smoke them. That was great. That's Pete's happy face. God, um, that made me laugh. I can I can I just say that I hate the name Broserweight? Oh, yeah, I do too. It's horrible. And, and you know what? I, I was thinking about this, and it's like you know, there is there is there is no actual weight class of bruiser weight, or anything there's, that sounds like that. But there is, but there is a weight class called middleweight. So why aren't they the riddle weights? Because there is only one bruiser weight. Yeah. And. My point is that riddle weight sounds like an actual boxing class. 
It does, but not a tag team. I don't care what they call themselves. Their chemistry is 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 phenomenal. I just want to see those two do interviews together every day forever. <laughs> Come on, that was Pete's happy face. No, it was funny. I, I I'll give you that, but I but I really don't want to see Red Dragon lose the tag straps to to a team that isn't even an established tag team. Yeah, that's true. I get that. I get that, but they did kind of set it up for them to win with the uh, grizzled young veterans kind of downplaying their uh, the fact that they're not a tag team. That's oh, no, never I'm a good sign. Positive that the Roserwitz are going to win on Wednesday. I just really don't want them to. Yeah. Well, it's it's sad when you can pick it out of interviews. Who's going to win? Well, also by the fact that the that. Undisputed Era just lost to Grizzled Young Veterans on Wednesday night, so they're not going to face them again that quickly, I don't think. Mm-hmm. And then if they lost to them again, yeah, that wouldn't be the right kind of drama. Yeah. But otherwise, uh, that match, the DIY match, if if you're going to watch anything from this, I say those two matches. And I only got halfway through the Imperium uh, UE match, so I'm going to have to finish watching that. It was just a half hour. I didn't have the full half hour. So, but I'll watch that after we're done tonight. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I thought it was a really good match, but not as good not as good as the other two matches we've already been talking about. And Jordan Devlin, Jordan Den- Devlin winning the cruiserweight title. Congratulations, Jordan. He, he he's one of the few guys I think got a title and deserved it. Yeah, you know, I was watching it going. I was of two minds about it. You know, the, my my first mind about it was, you know what, he he showed up last year. Got, got punked by Finn Balor at TakeOver Blackpool and lost. And this year he lost to um, Trent uh, Tyler Bate at TakeOver Blackpool 2. And so he really needs to get a big victory on a TakeOver stage. And what better way to do it than to win a Cruiserweight Championship? And then my other thought was, do they really want to pigeonhole him as a Cruiserweight Champion? <laughs> well, he's not really pigeonholed. I mean, he's he's under 200 pounds so let him have a championship now the rest of them are kind of locked up yeah that's kind he's of not gonna came down and i'm just saying i kind of i kind of saw both ways you know it's not he's a, not gonna he's not gonna get anywhere near walter um adam cole is i don't want to say out of his league but adam cole has proven that a little guy can actually hold the title uh and keith lee just won the belt so it's time for jordan devlin to finally get some run and what better way to do it than with the cruiserweight belt? Yeah, I agree. I, I'm just I'm and sure the, that, I, that I thought about it a little bit before I was like, hmm. And where the hell was this swerve when he was in MLW? This is a completely different guy. Yeah, I mean, did you get the feeling when we were watching Swerve in in MLW that he that he could have cared less about anything? Yeah, I did. Same thing when he was in um, uh, Evolve. He just didn't care. But for some reason now, he's turned into a really solid performer. He has. And, and, you know, I, and, I, and I like the way that, he, that he's able to um, accelerate to the, to the level he needs to. For, you know, that, that's, I mean, that's why I'm going to phrase it here. Is, you know, when, when he was against Roderick, Stro- Roderick Strong in the North American Championship match, you know, Strong gave him everything he could. Um, and he and he and he had a great showing, and he shined in it. 
and he just you know he looked like the better guy and it's strong you know the idea was for strong to just be able to pull out a victory but for swerve to look great against him now on saturday night he looked great again but he also looked like you know not like the worst guy out of the four and but he did a great job doing that where you know everybody else looked a little bit better than him but he still got his moments to shine so i you know i think swerve is is a lot better than we ever saw him in um in mlw which kind of makes sense to me because we both enjoyed the hell out of when he was kill shot in lucha underground yeah yeah, and this is. And yeah, I Bates agree. Was absolutely awesome in that match too, by the way. Especially that first, the opening part of that match. Yeah. When he was just controlling really everything. Yeah, I I, I really enjoyed that match. I mean, it's it's not it's not going to be in my top ten at the end of the year or anything like that. Like I'm sure that tag match is going to be in my in my top five to ten of the tag division, you know, the tag matches of the year, but. It was still a hell of a, a hell of a way to start off start off the show. Well, I guess it didn't start off the show, but I enjoyed it a lot. Well, it technically started off the show because you weren't counting the Finn Balor match. Well, I thought I didn't count it. I just didn't think it was. I just think it was. Didn't think it was that good. You know, we got a text from Ryan, or I mean, a, a tweet from Ryan that said that was the only good part on the, on the show, and I was like, that's the worst part of the show. So wait. I, I shut down my Twitter all weekend because I didn't want spoilers, but who said that the Finn Balor match was the best of the night? Ryan did. What? He said he didn't like anything else on the card that, you know, that but that the Ryan but that the Balor Dragonach match was okay. I you know, I know we say that wrestling's all subjective and everything, but if you didn't like the DIY, DIY mustache mountain match, you don't you should just stop at this point. Sorry, Ryan. <laughs> just stop watching wrestling. <laughs> Yeah, I was a bit confused. I'm sorry, that, I was a bit confused when I saw that. So you know, that yeah. DIY mustache mountain match had everything. Literally everything you could ask for in a match. It it would have appealed to everybody that watches wrestling. I totally agree. I, I, I find it you know, I, I don't want to say on January twenty seventh that we've already seen the best tag team match of the year. But I'd be hard pressed to see a better one. I know I was gonna as I was gonna say but I, but I'm but I'm hard but I would be very surprised if we see a better one this year. I mean, Mustache Mountain GYV was our number one match tag match of the year up until what the last two months. What? Oh no, you're right. No, oh, but it was still there. It was still there in the top five throughout the year. Oh, you mean last year? I'm sorry, I got, I got yeah. really confused by that. Yeah. I, it was because, of course, the Lucha Brothers and Bucks had a few classics in there and, and so, a few others, and G.O.D. and Briscoes and everything, but still that and the mustache mountain. Birds of Prey against Ishimori and Phantasma. Yeah, but the uh, that mustache mountain GYV match was in our top five at the end of the year. Oh, Absolutely. So it wouldn't surprise me to see this one in the top five again, if not the best match of the year. Like I said, this one had a little bit of everything. Had the comedy, it had the um, you know the fun little moments between the between four faces going at it. It had you know hard, some hard hitting action. It had some fast pace. It it literally had a little bit of everything. Good storytelling. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, it was it was great all the way around. And you know, and I. 
And I, te- you know, and we were texting while I was watching it, and I texted you, and I said, "Okay, that was awesome." And you're like, "What?" <laughs> so I, and you, said, you didn't have a chance to watch it until today, but yeah, I mean, we're definitely on the same page with that. It was, it was just absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I didn't even realize that a world's collide was on Saturday night. And I know you told me, but it was like eight o'clock, and I looked at my phone, and I had a notification that it started at six, and I'm like, "Oh, oh well, I'm gonna have to watch that tomorrow." Yeah, and, and you know, I, I I think you said this, so I'm I'm gonna agree with you. I, I think that you know, of the weekend, that was the best match. Oh, absolutely. And a close runner-up was that is the I I would say that then I would go with the men's Royal Rumble, then I would say probably that uh, cruiserweight match, and then probably the women's Royal Rumble would be my top four in that order. Oh, see, and I would and I would go women's Royal Rumble as second, men's Royal Rumble as third, and and then the cruiserweight match is fourth. Number yeah, I just, still, you know. it's still the same four. It's just a different order, just depending on our tastes. Yeah. I'm kind of surprised that, you, that, you, that you're saying this now about the men's rumble, because earlier, earlier today you had said the men's rumble didn't have a lot going on after, after Lesnar got eliminated. I, I, had a chance, I had a chance to reflect on it, and it wasn't, I mean, you don't want to say that moments make a match, but there were so many moments that it made the match. I mean, there was the, uh, the way that Seth came down and... Uh, the interference by his prophets or whatever the hell they are. Um, and then him standing in the middle of the ring with being surrounded by four guys that literally hate him was fun. You know, the Samoa Joe, Kevin Owens spot, we looked at each other in the eyes and even though they're buddies and teaming up on, on raw lately, they just said to hell with it and started throwing punches. You know, there was the, um, the edge moment, which I, I think could have been probably the, the best moment of the entire weekend just pure moments there was just and then the fact that you know drew ended up winning it when i had a chance to sit back and think about it it made a whole lot more sense okay and i had a chance to i had a chance to actually think about it during the day today yeah that makes a lot of sense i'm you know i like that argument i just i'm still going to stick with the, with the women's match but i could totally see where you're coming from um, and the women's the, ma- the women's the match had too many too many flubs in it for me. Too many points where I I was like Ugh, again, and and it was Naomi stealing the Kofi spot, and um, you know the the fact that there were a couple of people that I had no clue who they even were. And I will I follow wrestling pretty closely, and to not know somebody is pretty rough. Fair enough. Um. You know, I, and I also like the like the whole thing with with Seth and with Seth and his stable, stuff going on with with Drew and and uh, with with Drew and um, you know the stuff going on with with the Usos and with the Fiend. It kind of makes you know it, it's tempts, it's tempting me into into putting WWE back on again, but you know I've I've been burned too many times, so it's not going to happen. And I just don't, to be honest, I just don't have time. I have time for one-offs like this, but I don't have time to invest in it. I, I'm invested in AEW and NJPW, and that's where I'm going to stay. Um, I, I'll you know make time for these one-offs on a on a pay-per-view. Like I'll probably watch the Big Four, like I always do. If I hear of a good match, I'll do I'll listen to that or I'll watch that. You know, same thing with NWA and uh, you know Ring of Honor and and all that stuff. I'll I'll make time for special events, but I'm not going to invest in them on a weekly basis. That's actually what I should have said. Is that you know. It, it's you know it's, it's 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 the time thing. Like if I had if I had time to watch WWE and NJPW and NXT and AEW, 
then I would, then I, you know, then I, I would put, you know, be back in my rotation, but I'm not going to spend 95% of my time watching pro wrestling. You know, I do have a life, you know, I do have a wife, I do have a job, so. You know, now if we could just get people over to our Patreon page at uh, patreon.com slash Honor and get enough subscribers, maybe we could make this a full-time job, we could find time for all of it. Jeff, wait a minute. What was that address again? It's patreon.com slash kingdom of honor. You can actually go there. You can donate to help out this show so that we can afford to bring you this stuff on a week in week out basis. Cause even though we say we're not watching all these things, we still pay for their apps. Uh, and you know, the time to do all this and blah, blah. And as a reward for donating to us, we have a couple of different tiers. One of them, you can listen to every show that we have ever done all the way back to the beginning when we were just wee little pumpkin heads. Um, and you can also get some exclusive stuff. Everything we do exclusive for YouTube, everything we do exclusive for um, Patreon is in a tier, and you can uh, you get exclusive access to that, and there's a lot of stuff. You know, we break down all kinds of things, including uh, we're going to do one tonight. As soon as we're done with this, we're going to break down the last four episodes of Jessica Jones. Give our thoughts on that. Uh, Jessica Jones season two, that is. Give our thoughts on that and what we thought, and that will be an exclusive um, episode up on Patreon, hopefully later this week. Uh, also, uh, by going to Patreon, you can access our YouTube site, uh, which is hopefully you're listening to us streaming live now. If you're not, we do stream live twice a week, um, and we're trying to we're going to start doing an exclusive only YouTube show um, that is exclusive for YouTube listeners. So when you get there, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, ring the notification bell so you can be a part of that madness as well. And then of course uh, you can also get to my Twitter uh, through Patreon. And that is at Regi Co-op. He is at Zanman L-O-P. Uh, you can follow us with the hashtag DAD and the hashtag uh, KOH. It's on all of the tweets. And so make sure it. you stay tuned to all the LO, other LOP radio shows. Uh, tomorrow is... Actually, we don't have a show on Tuesdays, but Jeff and I were actually considering moving to Tuesday night, so stay tuned for that possible move. Um, on Wednesday is... There's still a few more weeks left of Sports Entertainment is Dead. And then, of course, we'll, we're with you live every Wednesday right after AEW Dynamite goes off the air with our Dynamite After Dark instant reaction show. Um, on Thursday is Imp with LOP Radio Adventure. On Friday, we have a brand new show. The Right Side of the Pond, after six years, is now off the air. The wish those guys well. They were, you know, they were great veterans for us. But we have a new show called back, back, some of our another, more of our old guard back together as Miss Fan and the Mystic bring you NWA Power, the Legacy series, talking about NWA Power show every week. And of course, we'll be back with you next week, uh, possibly Monday, possibly Tuesday. Stay tuned to Twitter for that news, and we'll be covering the new beginning in Sephora the next pay-per-view offering from NJPW. Until Wednesday night, that's all we've got. We'll try to do better next time. This is Shane saying long days, pleasant nights, and Jeff saying... Goodbye. G1 Climax 27. Goodbye. And good night. Bang.